Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 2020 Leadership Mindset Conference. I'm your host, Riley Jensen, and today I'm super excited to bring in one of my very, very good friends. Since the age of, I believe, nine years old, I've known you since I was seven, but I think we met officially at nine when I was nine years old. My very good friend, uh, he was known as Chico back in the day. Now it's respectful title of Coach Mike Canales, the offensive coordinator at the University of Texas, El Paso. Coach, thank you so much for, for joining us today and, and talking a little bit about mindset and a little bit, uh, may, maybe we get a little hope to people out there that are, that are struggling through all this coronavirus. Sure, look forward to it. It's been a long time. You know, it's amazing how time flies and just thinking about when you were seven and you were on the practice field at Utah State and watching you show up all the time to watch practice and then have actually actually get a chance to coach you in Little League Baseball and then it's snow and, and as life goes on, you know, things happen and now seeing you with a family, it's just a, it's a great, uh, it's a, it's a, seeing you grow up and seeing you do the things you're doing now. It makes me proud. Well, it's, you know, it's life happens fast, right? It does. Let's, let's, let's rewind the clock a little bit. I, I, one of the things that is really just outstanding to me. And I, and I, I think about this all the time because when I was playing college football, I mean, the last thing I wanted to do in the spring, summer, was to go coach a little league baseball team, man. Mm. I mean, there was a group of you guys that must have been some pretty outstanding individuals. I mean, you had Clancy O'Hara, you had you had Todd, Todd Stapley. You had you had man. There was there was three or four of you guys that were were coaching our little league programs. What was the thought behind that? And what were you just keeping yourself busy in the summer because you're going to be up there anyway, or what was going on? You know, I always remembered, you know, my dad, when I was young growing up, he was a, one of my coaches. And I just remembered I had a special opportunity when I went to Utah State was a way to get back to the community. You know, I, once I get into something, I'm going to give it everything I've got. And I was very fortunate, you know, to stay in Logan all those years during, uh, you know, when I was playing. And then the summer months, we'd stay and train. But at the same time, you know, I was working a job down at the convenience store or at the at Shields uh, window place, you know, and, and I just figured I need to do something to get back to the community. And what a great way to do it is, is get involved in Little League Baseball or Little League Football that year after I was done playing. And, and I thought, you know, this is a good, a good chance for me to, to know the people in the community that come to support us. And, you know, it's nice to have fans in the stands so they're not booing you when you throw an interception or not playing well. I figured they'd at least give me a break. But it was a great opportunity for me to get back and uh, I'll never forget it because the friendships I made and the, the chance I had to mentor the you young guys and young players are there. Now, guys that are grown men with families and, and you guys still look up to us and you stay in contact with us and it just means we did the right thing. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for me. I can remember going to Utah State games and there was a little corner there on the, on the, on the southeast corner of the stadium on, on about the 20-yard line. All of us Little League football players would sit right yeah. there and we'd be yelling for you to throw the bomb and, and everything else. And <laughs> such a great experience. And then you took an all-star team all the way to the Little League World Series. I was on that team. You've well, always fun. stressed you've always stressed effort and hustle. And I and I still have a poster clear back from way back when, when I was little. I was ten years old the last year that you coached me um, as a little league baseball player and it just said, always remember to hustle, Riley. Always remember to hustle, Coach Canales. Yes. And you left a huge imprint on the community up there. I still talk to some of the guys, and they always ask me how you're doing. But, uh, man, we, we, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun being mentored by you. 
It was a lot of fun. I don't think if you guys, and I don't think your parents mind because we'd have practice anywhere from three to four hours almost every Saturday, you know, and I think your parents kind of look forward to that. You guys were out of the house and I was keeping you guys busy, but I told you when you come to work, we're going to work and we practice hard and it paid off. Obviously we went to the, oh, we did. W and I, w you know, it's funny, it's funny. You just brought those Saturday morning practices and I'm sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but I remember there were 63 baseballs. There were 63 <laughs> baseballs. And if the 63 baseballs were not back in the bucket, we were running until we found it or unless we found it. So we exactly. Were, we were looking all over. I'll never forget that. There's 63 in the bucket, boys. There better be 63 when we leave. <laughs> yeah, then we, knew, we knew if Maurice Turner, your running back, showed up, we were running anyway. So we were like, oh, <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Well, going back, going going back to kind of the the meaning of this conference for me, for me is that, as you know, I'm I'm a mental performance coach. I work in sports psychology now, and I just yeah. I truly feel like coaches along the way were were had a huge impact on me, and they had a huge in, they, they they had a huge influence on me, and they still do to this day. I use a lot of your phrases. I use a lot of Coach Larson's phrases. I eat a lot of my basketball coach's phrases. Coach Perry Christensen's phrases. You know, you can't mm -hmm. fertilize the field by farting through the fence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, they were all kind of designed to build mental toughness. And I, and, I, and I think you guys have a little bit of a corner on the market and you don't even know it. So that, that, that's kind of the genesis of, of this interview. But I, the first question I wanted to ask you is just what you think mental toughness is and, and, and what separates a guy, the guys that you've played with or coached with or coached that are mentally tough? And, and how, do we, how do we put a definition on that? You know, there's, there's a lot of ways to define mental toughness. And, and I've always looked at it as it's the ability to face failure and success both and then be able to balance the, both of them. You know, because you're going to be successful. You're going to fail. It's part of it. But like Mandela said, you know, I didn't fail. I learned. And every, every learning experience, every failure is a learning experience to get better each and every time. But in college football, the one of the things I talk about to our players constantly, new players coming in to the program, and that's everywhere I've been, is that college football is a race to maturity. The faster an athlete can adjust to the following things that I think that are important, the speed of the game adapting to the offense and defensive schemes as a, as a player, demands of the weight room, practice, meetings, you know, and then the academic requirements, both study hall, class, tutors, and then be able to handle things socially. You know, you're going to have some time by yourself. How are you handling yourself socially? And I always tell our kids, the faster you can learn the scheme, the faster you can mature as a student athlete and be able to handle daily life, the faster you adjust, the faster you get on the field, the more successful you're going to be. And the kids that can handle that, because that's mental toughness. Kids nowadays, you know, our, our attention span, millennials, they, they, they think a lot quicker. Our meetings have changed. I remember back in the day when I was coaching, you know, we'd go for 45 minutes to an hour without a break. Nowadays, you go 10 to 12 minutes, and you better change the subject. You better tell them to get up and go to the bathroom. You better tell them to go ahead and look at their phones, because times have changed. Kids want, kids want instant information and they have it anytime they pick up their phone and look at it you know so as you look at it and as I've gone through this career of coaching career mental toughness means a lot of different things to me but I think the biggest one that stands out to me is college football is the race maturity and the faster the kids can develop and adjust to all the different things they have to face on a daily basis and then once they get a grip of it and then have time management and understand how to prioritize things 
the better and successful they'll be. And the guys that you see are going on to the National Football League, the draft is going on right now. Those guys have found a way to do it. And those guys are successful. I've seen great players throughout my career that I would say, that guy's going to be an NFL guy. But he couldn't find a way to, to handle socially. He couldn't go to class. He couldn't understand the weight room. He couldn't take hard coaching from a coach. Didn't like the way the coach handled him in the weight room. Those guys don't get it. There's a, there's a process, and the process to be successful gives them a chance if they understand and grasp it and just, just become engaged with it as opposed to fighting it. Those are the ones that are most successful. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and I think, I think, I, I think you're right. Just the, the mindset has changed over the years. Are you still there? I'm here, but I hear you. I got you. You're frozen, but I got you. You there? I got you. You froze on me. You froze, Riles. Ding, 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 ding. Riles, you want to try again? Riles. Oh, he must have left the meeting. Oh, there he is. Coach, you there? there? I got you. Yeah, sorry, man. Oh, I don't, no worries. I don't know what happened right there. Uh, let's 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 try that question again. So I, I apologize. <laughs> no worries. So, so the question was over the years, and 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 I knew you started a, a great answer here. We got cut off just a little bit, Coach. But I wanted, I, I just wanted to make sure um, that we, we we talked about this because you were you were giving some really good stuff. But as far as your definition of mental toughness goes and how has it changed over the years and, and, and what do you think that definition is to you? You know, there's a lot of definitions. And when I look at mental toughness, I can go from one to ten and give you a bunch of them. But the things that kind of stand out to me and I look at it is mental toughness is the ability to face failure and success and be able to balance both, you know, because we're going to fail, okay? We're going to succeed. And to be able to balance the two and be able to weigh it out and say, okay, what's the most important thing? Because the way I look at it, Mandela once said, I don't fail, I learn. And I've always taken that no matter where. I've been on the highest of highs and I've been the lowest of lows. And it's tough to be able to balance the two, but you got to be able to understand it because nothing's ever as good as it seems, nothing's ever bad as it is, somewhere in between reality lights. That's what it is. But how I tell our players each and every place I've been is that college football is a race to maturity. The faster the athlete can adjust to the, to the following things, things that I think that are important, speed of the game, adapting to offensive and defensive schemes from high school, the terminology, being able to learn it, okay, demands of the weight room. You know, they got to be in there an hour. They got eight hours of where well, they got to do football stuff, so they're going to spend a good two to three hours a week in the weight room. You know, practice, meetings, can their attention stay focused in, academic requirements, study hall, tutors, class, will they be on time? And then they got to do socially. They want to be a social kid. They want to go out and, and socially be active with different people on campus. So and I always tell our players, the faster you can adapt to this and be able to balance it all, the quicker you're going to get on the field. And the quicker you're on the field, you're going to be successful. Let's be honest, the draft's going on right now. Those guys have found a way to handle it, 
and they have found a way to conquer that the race for maturity. You know, some kids we've seen it, you've seen it. The kids have talent all, you know, out the butt and they are success. You can tell they're going to be successful, but they can't balance or manage all the different requirements they have as a student athlete and they don't have a chance to be successful. And we've seen so many guys go through the wayside because they couldn't take hard coaching or they didn't want to learn a system. Well, my coach told me this. Well, my private quarterback coach told me this. Well, guess what? You're not playing for your private coach. You're not playing for your seven-on-seven coach. You're not playing for your high school coach. You're playing for this program, and this program needs you to do this. And kids will under, once kids understand that and grasp it, you know, and understand that the weight room coach is going to be very, very tough on it, you know, and we as coaches, you know, are going to coach you hard as well. You know, my philosophy never, has never changed, Riles. You know that. I'm going to coach you hard. I'm going to coach you fair, but I'm going to love you harder. And that's the simple thing. And if you keep it open and direct with kids, they get it, and they'll find a way. Yeah. I love that, you know, <laughs> my quarterback coach, my, my trainer, my seven-on-seven coach, I, I, Ed Larson, who you know you know really well, we, we always ask guys, so so is he calling plays here? Because if he's calling plays here, then go ahead and do what he says, right? Because yeah, exactly. He's, not, he's yeah. not calling one play for this program, so. No, no, you know. I love all the seven-on-seven guys. Coach, you see my seven-on-seven stuff? No, I don't. I watched, I watched your high school tape. I talk to your high school coach. I do not talk to your seven-on-seven coach. I do not talk to your trainer, and I do not talk to your street agent. This is what I want. Film doesn't lie, you know. Right. right. <laughs> uh, it's a, you know, it's a different world, and it is. And, and and some of them just don't know. They just don't know yeah. that that's not necessarily what they, they think exactly. that they have to build their brand. And if you think about yeah. it, when you're looking at all the high school guys, you're looking at all the different things. One of the things that high school football. And this is the thing that's frustrating for me, and, and I'm no longer coaching high school. I'm doing mental toughness, but right. is that a lot of it is moving to the individual, right? Sure. You, you know, you got, you got a three-star kid. You got a four-star kid. They're talking about a kid. They're not talking about a team, right? Right. They're talking about, they're talking about how many offers they are, you know? Yep. Thank the good Lord that I have my 27th offer to sure. Tech, right? And it's like there's just a real emphasis on the individual, and, and it's hard for me because you got to be the best player for the team before you can be the best player on the team, right? Correct. And, and, Correct. and it takes time. I mean, it, it, look, when I when I came down and I was playing for you at Snow College in, mm-hmm. in 1992, mm-hmm. I thought I was the best quarterback that got <laughs> overlooked in the country, right? And then yeah. I'm yeah. at eighth string to start out with. And I, yeah. I, I remember calling my dad after week one and, and a guy named Andre had picked me off for a touchdown like three or four times in a row. Andre Jones, one of the best players yep. I'd ever played against that didn't yep. go because he couldn't balance those things that you were talking mm-hmm. about. And I was like, Coach, I said, Dad, I don't think I can do it. And he's like, all right, I'll come and get you, but you got to give it a week. Yep. You got you to give it a week. you know. And a, and a sure. week later, instead of eighth string, I'm third string, and I'm in the battle, yep. and I'm fighting, and I'm That's right. and I'm trying to get to where I need to be. And then, you know, the – the story's not as clean as you want it to be sure. sometimes, but eventually you get there and eventually you, you can there. balance it. And all those things that you taught me and all the things the coaches taught, I had to, I had to, I had to dig deep. Right. Sure. And, and that's what we're looking for. Right. Is that toughness sure. to be able to understand that mm-hmm. like, Hey man, I don't care how good you were at your high school. Everybody here's the best player on their high school team. Yeah. There are no more stars when you get here. The stars have been removed. <laughs> Yeah. You know, at Tennessee, yeah. it was, you know, why well, I'm a five-star and that guy's a four-star. I should be playing in front of him. You know what? When you walked to the door and you committed, your stars went away. You know? Right. So, right. Crazy. It is what it is. <laughs> Crazy. 
So have you had to, have you had to change the way that you teach? I know, I know that you've stayed the same in a lot of ways because you've, yeah. You know, I, I've had to change the way my meetings go. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, my, you know, my meetings have changed. Like I said, you know, because, you know, back in the day we could go for an hour, hour and a half and not even blink, you know, we'd go hundred miles an hour. Now it's more interactive. Now it's more, you know, we go for 10 minutes and that's okay, guys, go to the bathroom, check your phones. If you need to check your phones because kids live by their phones. It's instant information. It's instant gratification. I can look on Twitter and they're saying something about me. That's good. You know, so I've got to find a ways to make my meetings interesting. I do PowerPoints every single day. You know, I get them on the board and make them do the John Gruden QB camp. You know, I'm always sending them stuff on Twitter, you know, whether Peyton Manning's saying something, Sean Payton's doing, John Gruden's doing something, Tom Brady's doing something. I'm constantly sending them feedback that just reinforces things that I'm saying to them in the meeting room that show up on the professional level where all of a sudden, I, you know, oh, yeah, if he's doing it, well, that makes sense, you know. And I had our guys listen to, you know, Peyton Manning one time, and they're going, Coach, he's saying all the things you said. Really? How about that? You know, <laughs> you know, and like going, you think I haven't been doing this for a long time, you know, so, but that's how kids are. They, they, you know, it's like your dad tells you to do a certain thing and you don't do it, you know, and then, but then you hear from your coach and you go, well, I'm going to do it now, you know, and then all right. of a sudden you get to the college level. Well, you know, your coach is telling you something and then, but the NFL guys, well, now I can get it, you know, so yeah, you've got to, you got to change your style. You got to be willing to, to change and you got to change with the times. I mean, that's why I think I've been able to stay in this profession as long as I have is because you've got to find ways to make it interesting and you got to make your meetings fun, but you got to keep that same. I'm not going to lose who I am. You know, my, my personality has always been the same. My philosophy has always been the same. I'm going to coach you hard, coach you fair, but I'm going to love you harder. And then you, you got my trust because I'm going to give you everything I got. When I tell them, I tell the quarterbacks when they, when they walk on the field, as soon as you cross that right line, you compete, you don't compare. You're not comparing yourself to the other quarterback. Don't worry about that. Just be the best person you can be that day, and the next day come be better than you were the day before. It's not about who you're competing against. It's about you competing with yourself, be the best person you can be for this team, for this program to help us win. When you cross the right line, compete. And I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about when we you talk about visualizing, you know, things with the quarterbacks, because that I'm big on that, you know, in terms of visualizing the play. Well, when we practice a rep, and if I'm going through routes on air, if a quarterback's just dropping back and he's throwing routes, what's he getting out of it? Nothing, right? I want him to visualize the defense. I want him to see a 3D. I want to see him middle field close. I want to see a middle field open. I want to see man-to-man -man coverage. I want to see pressure coming so that my footwork's got to change in terms of getting the ball out of my hand quicker. Okay, they're going to a cover two. Look, visualize the cover two and what's your footwork going to be and then change it because I don't ever let quarterbacks just drop back and throw, take a three-step drop and throw or a rhythm three and throw. Every drop is different because they mentally got to paint it. They got to mentally, excuse me, they got to mentally got to see it in their mind and then be able to adjust on the field. And I always tell them the canvas, the field is the canvas. The receivers are going to paint it and we're going to put the finding touches on it. And that's how we get better as quarterback, visualizing that part of it. And then mentally being able to do it because you talk about mental toughness, mentally be able to do that every single day and every rep. Because I always tell our guys, every rep we do, every drill we do is game speed. If you're not doing a game speed, you're cheating yourself. And, it's your, and when you get a chance to do the drill, you're showing your commitment to your teammate. And when you show your commitment to your teammate, it shows your commitment to this program. So if you take a playoff, what's that say? Then it says you really don't care about your, this team or this program or yourself. So everything we do is game speed all the time, 100%, and everything we do. Love it. Hope that helped. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Compete, don't compare. I, lo- I love don't that. Compare, man. Compete, don't compare. Um, so you've you've coached quite a few quarterbacks. How many how many years you've been coaching now? Oh golly, I think it's thirty five now. Thirty five or th- yeah, I think thirty five. Thirty five years. You don't even look old enough to be able to coach thirty five. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of gray hair now. <laughs> yeah, these young guys are stressing you out. You had you had a full head of black hair when I was coaching. It must oh, have been less, less stress, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it just got it got grayer because all the stress. But we've been able to manage well because I continually work out all the time. It keeps me young, and you know I try to stay up with the times and the music that everybody has going on. But you know it's all good. Yeah. So so you brought me out. I I had an opportunity to be a, a graduate assistant with you mm-hmm. at North Carolina State University, and. Yep. Um, one, of, one of the most mentally tough people that I had ever seen on the college level, especially early in his career, mm-hmm. uh, was, was Philip Rivers. And I was just wondering, because when I talk about mental toughness, I talk about controlling the controllables. And that's a really, really easy kind of like a, a, a cliche phrase that a lot of people – but I talk yeah. to people about what, what that is. Like what does it mean to be able to control the controllables and what are the controllables? And – one of the things about you that I think is fantastic and has always been fantastic, and you kind of just alluded to it on the last answer to the question, is just your preparation for quarterbacks. I felt like when I was playing for you that games became easy. I didn't see half of the defenses, half of the looks that I thought I was going to look because it was easy. But if you had to describe um, Philip and why he was mentally tough or what, what it was about him, because, I mean, he just had an enthusiasm for the game that I've never seen. I mean – We'd be playing against Duke. We all knew we were going to beat Duke, and he's he's pointing at Greg Golden over here on the side. He's like, "Greg, I'll bet you a pizza. You don't even touch the leather this week." And Greg's like, "Bring it, bring it!" And he's, you know, he's throwing a yeah. touchdown over the top of him, and he's yeah. running down the field saying, "Touchdown, Wolfpack!" <laughs> right? Get up, guys, have fun. I'm wondering what you think. You know, from from your perspective, kind of kind of stuck out to you about him mentally. Because clearly, I mean, he's been playing in the league for 15 yeah. years. I'll, I'll never forget when we were one of our first meetings, you know, as we were getting ready for the season. And I used to have the checkers out there and I had the positions on them. And, and I would have a defense and then I would put the defense up and get Phillip to play. And we had the noise, the radio with the background with this crowd noise going on. And I gave a defense and he goes, touchdown, touchdown. And he did it all, I mean, within – three to five seconds, he knew exactly where he was going with the ball on the defense I was showing. But I saw that early in the spring, but I'll never forget that one moment, that one meeting before we went to our first game against Indiana. And I just knew in my mind, this guy's special. And I knew he was special anyways, because I saw it in spring ball. I remember right. we, were, we were in spring and we were doing the spring game and uh, Marty, Marty Galbraith, who was the OC, and he, he says, hey, what do you think? Should we get Phil up the last series? And I said, yeah, let's give it to him. So, Philip called the play, and in four plays, he's in the end zone. I go, hey, let's never do that again. We won't have jobs, you know. That's how <laughs> smart he was. You know, he just – he understood the dynamics of the defense. He really understood the weaknesses of it, where the, where the openings were in the schemes and in the, in the, in the past passing lanes. But, you know, that's what set him apart. But more than anything else, he was a competitor. I remember – and you'll remember this. Do you remember when we had, like, the fan day and we did the competition inside the basketball arena? And he was not going to lose. You knew he was not going to lose. He was going to perform like he did, I mean, every day in practice. And then you'll remember this. Every Thursday we had the QB challenge. And yeah. so we'd break up the quarterbacks up. I I think you you'd have me, you'd have me come play with you guys. You came over. You came over. 
and there was four and four, you know, myself, Philip, whatever, and we broke up the, 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 the quarterbacks and we set up the different throws and whatnot. And let me tell you what, if he lost, it bothered him for a, for a week till the next time we played. I remember I, there was one week that I wanted early on. Yeah. And I, I remember it was the first time he really even noticed who he was. He goes, now, wait, where'd you play? Because <laughs> <laughs> he hated to lose, man. Oh, he did, I'll, man. He hated he to lose those anything. Thursdays. He hated oh. I remember on Sunday nights, Coach, I'm not I'm – not, and maybe some people don't understand this story, but on Sunday nights we'd run in that indoor oh, yeah. there, yeah. like a rubber room, right? And oh, it had yeah. a couple of basketball yeah. hoops in it. Exactly. And Jericho Cotchery, who's now coaching for the Carolina Panthers, played yeah. for like 12 years. They yeah. both came from Alabama. And yep. apparently the story goes like this. I guess Philip beat him in the state championship basketball game. Oh, Jesus. Right? And he goes, he goes, hey, Jayco, right? Because they called him Jayco. He goes, yeah. Jayco, why don't you come down here in the low block again so I can show everybody how I hit that fadeaway jumper over the top of you in the state championship game. And you know, Jayco's like, oh, come on, man. Shut up, Philip. Like, <laughs> competing on everything, right? It was everything. just every single everything. thing, whether it was that game on Thursday nights or whether it was Didn't that matter. Competition didn't on, matter, you know, indoors. Yeah, and that, that's what we you know. We're all trying to find that guy that loves to compete, hates to lose, you know, doesn't compare, but just competes, has a love for the game. I mean, I have a 50 question deal that I go through with every quarterback. Nobody's doing this, Riley. I'm telling you, nobody is. Because when I was at Tennessee, I did it probably with, did it with Justin Fields, did it with Trevor Lawrence, did it with all these guys. I was recruiting Aiden Martinez, Mike Penix, you know, you guys are all starting college right now. And I remember talking to a bunch of them. They said, Coach, where did you get this from? Because no, no one's ever recruited me has ever asked me these crazy questions. But it gives me a chance to know how they think. You know, little things. You know, like what shoes they wear. KD, do they wear LeBron? Do they have Jordans? I mean, I want to know what they wear, right? Yeah. And then, you know, what's their favorite food, right? What's, uh, what music they listen to? Who's their favorite artist? Tell me something about you that nobody else knows, Riley. Well, you played in the WWA World Series, World Series, the Little League World Series, right? Nobody yeah. knows that about you. I do only because I knew it, but I'm asking questions. Like one of the kids I was recruiting played in the Little League World Series, the actual Little League World Series. One guy plays a trombone. None of his friends know this. But those are questions that I ask, you know, like how many times, how, how much are you on the phone at night? I mean, excuse me, how many hours of sleep do you get at night? Six to eight, eight to 10, 10 plus? I mean, how many hours of sleep? How many times in an hour do you look at your phone? So I'm asking them off-the-wall questions. Would you rather throw the winning touchdown that wins the game or would you rather be responsible for losing the game? I mean, so I'm asking them some very in-depth questions that helps me figure out what they think. Because I ask a kid, I'm gonna, like, oh, here's a question I'm asking, Riley. When you're by yourself and it's quiet, you're driving in the car, do your thoughts go to the past or to the future? Great question. Great question, right? Because if a kid's thinking about the past, I don't want that kid. I want a kid that's thinking about the future. Now, if he gives me an answer, like, well, I was thinking about, I think about the past because what I did wrong, what I need to do better, how I can become better. So when I get to the future, I make those mistakes again. But if a kid just says the past and doesn't, you know, go on and explain himself, I don't want that guy. I want a guy that's always thinking about the future. This, how can I be better? What am I going to do next? What's coming next? You know, all these crazy questions I've come up with that helps me figure out a mindset of a quarterback because – that's the guy that's the face of your program. That's the guy that's on the front porch of the, of the university. It's going to make a decision, and you got to make sure you have the right guy.
think you think you're better at recruiting the quarterback now than you were? Today? Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. So yeah. here's here, I'm going to tell you a trick, but you cannot share this with anybody, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is going to go out. This oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, we'll let it go out. This might, will be fun. You might have All to right, tell so me. You might have to tell so, me later. So this is this is one of the tricks I do with the quarterbacks. All right. So after I do that 50 question deal with them, right. the next time I talk to them, I get them on the phone. And I, I find out interesting things like I'll ask them, you know, who's your favorite actor? All right. So who's yeah. your favorite actor, Riley? Here's an example. Yeah. It's, uh, it's um, uh, Denzel Washington. See, Denzel Washington. Okay. So you're a big fan of Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm going to find out if a kid really likes to, really likes to, um, you know, really knows his guy. I want to see if he, if he can compete. All right. So we're going to have this play this game. All right. So we're going to go. All right, name a movie that Denzel started, and I'll do. I'll go next, and we're gonna go and see who wins this. Go. Okay. Remember the Titans. Okay. Equalizer. Oh shoot, man! Come on, go. Uh, I remember he was uh, he was in the TV show um, where he was a doctor, and he was like the guy. I don't know the name. I don't know. See, I already okay. lost. All right, so you'd go next. You'd give me another one, right? Then I'd go right. Training Day, and then I'd say, "Man, I'm fire." I'd say American Gangster, right? So I'd go on and on until I win, all right? Because, see, I got you on the phone, and I've got my phone. I'm talking to you, but I got another phone that shows me every movie he's got. <laughs> see, I'm going to win this competition. It kind of bugs me that you won. It, it's, yeah, bugging so, me right, it's bugging me right now that you won. And so it's I'm bugging gonna, me that I only knew one movie because I know I know, <laughs> I know I know a bunch of them, right? Oh, sure you do. So it's going to bug you all night. But see, it is. That's the, that's the key because the next time I get you on the phone, you're going to beat me in the competition. All right. So we're going to come up with another thing. You know, may may say, Hey, major league, major league baseball teams, you know, whatever we're going to go, but you only have two seconds to answer. You can't pause. So we're right. going to find a ways. I'm going to find out if the kid loves to compete. Yeah. Right. So then the next time I get him on the phone. So then the third time, my fourth time I'm on the phone. Now I'm going to say, okay, Roddy. Okay. You guys are running a certain offense. I'm a freshman. Teach me that scheme. So if you can't verbalize terminology, if you can't communicate to me the offensive scheme, what the Y does this and the protections and all the things that go involved that involved with it, then you're not for us. You know, so all those little things matter. So yeah, I've evolved as a coach. Yeah. You know, recruiting recruiting's all about relationships, brother. It is. Yeah, that's fun. That's that's, so that's I, I got him. Once I get him to the game, to the movie thing, I got him. It's all done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What's, what's your biggest failure so far? Uh, you know, I fail every day, Riley. I wish I could be better than I was. You know, I, I try to be the best guy I can be each and every day, but I don't accept that. As, I mean, I, I live with it and just move forward. Um, I've made some choices, obviously, along my coaching career. Maybe I should have done something a little bit different. Maybe I should have gone somewhere something different. But no matter what, it's always been a learning experience. But I don't fail. I just learn, you know, and – and that's why I look at it. You know, I've lost some tough games and we've won a lot of great games and great situations, you know, and I can go back and say, man, that's tough. But, you know, when you, the biggest part of it is, or the hardest part is, you know, when you put your best foot forward and it just wasn't good enough because then you feel like, man, what could I have done different? What, you know, what could I have changed? You know, could I have done this or could I have done that? But you don't ever want to second guess yourself. You want to know, hey, at the end of the day, did I put my best foot forward? Did I put our team in a position to be successful? Did I give it my best? Did I prepare them the best? Because if, I, if, if you're constantly doing that and you're questioning yourself, you're never going to be happy. And I'm going to be happy. 
uh, I know at the end of the day, I gave it my all. I'm going to be fine, you know, and I'm going to look for the next day. I'm, I can't wait for the next day because I know I'm going to try to be better than I was the day before. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. If I were to, if I were to go and I was to go back to some of your peers from high school or from your college days, Coach, mm-hmm. and, 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 they, and we were going to fill in the blank, and they were going to say, hey, Coach Canales will be successful because he blank. What do you think, what do you think they'd say? That he that um, he has passion and enthusiasm, and an unbelievable work ethic, and he's got unconditional loyalty. Love it. That's what people would say. I think, and people that know me, I, they, I, I I know for a fact. For me, the work ethic is off the charts. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I I feel the passion and the enthusiasm, but I think that leads to that work ethic. I mean, you've all. Yeah just been so passionate about getting prepared about doing this. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, I think there's a part of you that you can see in the quarterbacks that you coach. I do, I do think you were competitive. I mean, I remember way back in the day, you're running the, the intramural program at snow college and you were <laughs> trying to win softball games. You were trying to win seven <laughs> on seven football. It didn't matter what you were playing. I mean, dude, you were the head softball coach, if I remember clear back then. And, That's right. And going to NCAA tournaments. And, yeah, most wins ever in school history, too. There you I go. can't even get to the Hall of Fame. How about that? Hey, hey man, we'll get you in the Hall of Fame. They just they, <laughs> they just got to have you come out. They, they can't yeah. get you to come out during the fall. So, <laughs> oh, it's you know. crazy. You know what's funny? You tell me about oh, coaching. Shoot, man. I'm, I'm constantly coaching. I'm coaching my wife on our three-mile three walk just, every, uh, every day. Shock You good, bud? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what he's doing. What's this idiot saying? I lose your eyes. I gotta pee. If he comes back home, tell him I'll be right back. I gotta pee.
They didn't come back. No, it's, it's, it's still there, but I don't know if he's lost him or something. I'm on hold on the zooming and so I can I want to tell you okay. Hey, don't worry about it. We won't go to those folks tomorrow. We'll go to Monday. Okay. Because I'm gonna redo this, I'm gonna redo the meeting again because we I mean we covered the five plays and that was it. Because I want I wanted to make sure you were there when we did it. So we're gonna go back to it. We'll do that on Monday. We'll cover that one again with the film and then I'll go then we'll go back. Um then I'm gonna send you guys on Sunday. I'm gonna send you Monday's quiz, so there'll be three pages, and then um, we'll go from there, okay? Yeah, just send it to me, Don. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Last two questions, and we'll get you out okay. of here. If you could give yourself advice from 20 years ago, what would oh. you do? Woo! Um, oh, that's a great one. That that's That's a good one. Enjoy the wins and take losses a little bit easier on yourself than you do. Yeah. But enjoy every win. And I and I enjoy practice anyway, so that's not an issue. But I would say enjoy the wins a lot more and cherish them a lot more. And just and then, you know, don't be so hard on yourself on the losses. Yeah. That's 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 probably the hardest part because do you feel like I mean, I tell people all the time, winning football games in Division One is hard freaking work. Hard. Like, hard. Do you, do you think it's because it's more of a relief sometimes that, that it's hard to enjoy it? Because you're like, well, oh. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy because we spend so much time, you know, in preparation for the game, and you only get 12 or 13 of them a year, and then it goes so fast, you know. Right. And, you know, so you just, just cherish them, man. Cherish the games. Take it in a little bit more. Don't stress over the losses as much. You know, just learn from it and just keep moving as you do. But, you know, in terms of advice, you know, I, I would never say that I would change leaving NC State or leaving the Jets or, or whatnot, or I, I never should have went to Arizona or, or whatever, you know, all those different things. Because I, I think everything has, made, has allowed me to meet the people that I've met along throughout my career. And, and, and those choices that I've made led me to my wife. And my best friend, my soulmate, someone who really gets me, you know, right. truly understands Chico, Coach Canales, Michael, you know, she knows every part of me, you know, she knows the coach on the field. She knows, you know, the Michael, the husband, she knows Chico, who Chico is now, you know, and so that part, I just found someone who has enlightened my life and, and just so blessed, Riley, I really am. So I wouldn't change anything because along the way, the friends I've made and relationships I've been, 
hey, it's all worth it. Yeah, yeah. And then the, la the last question, last mm -hmm. question. Advice to people that are out there having a hard time with this change or with the unknown, you know, this, this is the thing that I'm dealing with a lot with the different people that I'm working with is this, this fear of the unknown. Does anything stick out from your experiences over the last 35 years to, to help people through a difficult time? You know, the, 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 the hard part right now is that we're not in, well, I'm not in the shoes that people, I'm in a, I'm in different shoes. I'm in different areas. So I don't, I'm watching what's going on and I, and I, pray for our country, our world, our world leaders, you know, those that are making those tough decisions, you know, our first responders, the migrant workers are picking the produce. We pray for these people constantly every single day because they got to make decisions. And yet we got our country who's, who's, you know, going through such a difficult time right now because they don't know where the next meal is going to, it breaks my heart every night watching the news, you know, and seeing these poor kids that are not eating right now. And it just, it, it kills us. I mean, it bothers me. So I can't, I'm not in their shoes and know what they're going through, but I know this will pass and that we will take this experience and hope it'll make us better for it. And I know because of the failures I've had in my career and in my lifetime, that because of my failures, it's made me a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better person. And so through the storm, there's always going to be the shining light. There's always going to be the rainbow. There's always going to be that that's something that's going to give you the peace that you were searching for. And the one thing I say right now that I would do and what I try to do is try to find a routine that's going to keep me going, you know, my workout schedule, whatever. But things that I like to do, I like to I listen to Inky Johnson, John Jordan, you know, yeah. Nick Saban, Bill Bell. I could go with John Gruden, all those guys. Thing that's going to uplift me, music uplifts me. Find music that lifts you up. Find people that lift you up. Talk to them. Get on the phone and talk to people. I still call my mom every single morning and talk to her. And I've been doing this for, what, 20, 30 years now? But it gives me the peace I'm looking for. It gives me that motivation because I saw how hard she worked as an individual. So find that person. Find that, that one thing that makes you get up in the morning. And it's not the alarm clock that wakes you up. It's that drive that wants you to be better than you were the day before. And I, that's what I'd leave it with, you know. I mean, it's just hard. You know that people are praying for you and people are thinking about you. And just just try to look past the bad and there's better days coming. Yeah. High hopes, man. High hopes. Routine and connection. That's connection. what I'm hearing. Routine and connection. That's it. That's it. Coach, man, it's, it's been so good to talk to you. I know we've talked quite a bit over the years, so I don't feel okay. like I'm just catching up again. But no just want you to know you've been a phenomenal mentor. You've been a phenomenal example. And we, we appreciate it. And it's fun for me. I'll tell you what's fun for me is to see all these quarterbacks and all these former players of yours that they either tweet out to you or they're on Facebook, on social media, and they're reaching yeah. out to you and they're, they're saying the same things that I feel. I mean, yeah. basically, like half of these guys that talk to you, I could just be saying, I could just say, amen, brother. I feel the same way. <laughs> Yeah, man. And, and we all love you. Uh, we've all looked up to you in one way or another, and we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you taking a little bit of time today, and, and I personally just appreciate all that you've done for me in my life. It's, it's made all the difference. I mean, football, football has changed my life, but you're the one who gave me my first scholarship, and yeah. you're, the, you're the one who changed my life. And so I, I just really appreciate that. Well, I want to say thank you, you know, and just remember, you can always get back and pay it forward to the next person because obviously you're doing the same thing. You're affecting somebody's life. You're influencing someone's life in a positive way. And don't forget and forget, man, just keep passing it forward, brother.
just keep giving it out because those things you'll be remembered for. You won't be remembered for the wins or the losses. You won't be ready for all the honors and Hall of Fame and high school or junior college or whatever. What you'll be remembered for is the person that you were. And what did you do and what was the lasting impression you left on people? And if you left an impression of enthusiasm, love, giving, those things matter. Don't ever forget that. That's what matters the most is what did you give to everybody else and when did you leave? Well, you, you win or you learn. Today, you're, you're getting my learning on. So I appreciate it. And I, I, right, I'll brother. never forget you, Coach. QB's work, man. I appreciate it. Amen, you. brother. Amen. Hey, for, don't forget, today's what? Friday. Best day of the week. Great day to get better. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Brother, hey, man. Take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. God bless. Bye-bye now.